right, buddy. We are live. Take it away. All right. Uh, Hail Cheaters. Welcome to the I Was Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh L. Here with Brandon K. Brandon K., how are you? Good. Yeah, life in the witness protection program is great. (laughs) Now that they've uh, blocked out the last five letters of my last name, you'll never find me. And yeah, and as long as I we never, about... as long as we never reveal that your middle name is Shane, no one will ever. Oh no, yeah. it's I just I just did it. Whoops. I, the the witness protection plan. I'm not the only one where it's just an endless source of fascination. Oh, uh, on the one hand, how how easy must it be to hide people? On the yeah. other hand, how difficult must it be to hide people? Well, like and then the you, end of Goodfellas. Yeah. I'm like, how is this guy still around? Well, and then like Henry Hill, like like left the witness protection program, and like he still didn't get, you know, offed or whatever. Yeah, you know, like sure. it, so I don't understand how that he like you know lived to write. Not that we want that. Age. You know, no, that's not what no, this podcast not, but, is all about. He did like prosecute a, you know, he, he, he like whatever. You know, he was, he was he a witness enemies. against the mob. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, we all saw, and that's movie. you know, yeah. So uh, that's not what we're trying to. We're not trying to collude or backstab <laughs> on the always cheating podcast. No. We're here to share tips. Yep, our insight, right, yep. Josh? And uh, I continue to rack up the green arrows. Yeah. I think you do as well. I do. So we've got one match left to play in game week twenty-seven. Yeah. How are we feeling? Let's take an always cheating heat check here. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I really don't know. Um, I, you know, I benched Gordon, but I benched him, you know, cause I bought son. And so that's a one point difference. So that was fine. I guess, um, the only thing is I, I sort of, um, and again, like we're talking nitpicky here, right? Yeah, uh, the sure. only thing is, um, I, I might've been hasty in getting Solanke. I probably could have waited two weeks to do that. That would have been, um, the only thing he's, he's kind of, um, I, too disappointing performer. I mean, honestly, he's been pretty disappointing for most of the winter, honestly, outside of maybe that Newcastle away fixture a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. um, so it, you know, it's interesting. Obviously it's a big topic of, of discussion for today's pod, which is Solanke and, and the rest of Bournemouth and, and Luton as well. And, uh, we put out the call for some hot takes on both those clubs. We actually got some interesting ones. It's sort of, they made me think a little bit, Brandon. So we'll share those later yeah. so that people can, think people enjoy thinking don't they it's uh you know i think this is what sure. um the brain likes to likes to um you know uh what's the word work over a problem you know the way you work over a you know a piece of pretzel in the back of your uh oh you i'm know, thinking of who wants to be a millionaire like regis mm-hmm. Fieldman's uh job at least if you're watching the american broadcast his whole job was to get the contestant to talk through it like it's right. just the con- contestant sitting there stroking their chin wondering if it's a b or c or <laughs> yeah. d Regis yeah. is like well talk what are you thinking <laughs> yeah uh, you know, yeah. talk us through the process so we're yeah. kind of we're i'll be the regis and you can maybe yeah. be the who a uh, person who's trying to win a million dollars but yeah the yeah neither the performance from bournemouth nor luton are going to uh fill us with he- a huge amount of faith going into this double the bournemouth burnley match was Interesting insofar as, wow, Burnley are really struggling in the Premier League. They had 75% of the possession, and that was partly by design on the part of Bournemouth. And 
Bournemouth did not. He had to get out of first perfect. or second or third. No, it was like a perfect counterattacking yeah. strategy. It was like a David Moyes, like yeah. West Ham kind of like just, you know, just two goals. I think they were both on the break and they actually had a, a chance for a, another goal with uh, Solanke. Um, kind of late in the match. I don't know. Maybe he should have scored. It's very similar to the Foden chance um, today before Foden got his brace. Yeah. Um, where he, you know, sometimes there are certain times when a, when a when a player is bearing down on the keeper, and you just kind of know because of the angle that they're taking that there's kind of it's just it's just not going to happen. You know, <laughs> it's just sort of a feeling <laughs> like they are not going yeah. to score on this, and uh, that's. That was basically how I felt, um, you know, with, with Solanke. I was like, I don't, I just don't think he's going to score on this, uh, on this chance. And so, um, yeah, but looking at my squad, I'm on, I'm on 69 points. Um, nice. and, and I've got, uh, and I've got Gabriel and Saka, uh, still to play. So I think you and I are actually in a zone right now where we have extremely similar teams. I think, yes. uh, I'm slight regret of course over benching uh areola and uh you know we all knew that he was going to have a pen save and make sure what nine nine saves and three bonus points in that match but you you have to admit that it was on paper the correct decision and even in hindsight right. it was the correct decision because west ham c- conceded that penalty Right. Beto should have converted that penalty because, you know, typically although honestly that... looking at him when the second I saw Beto <laughs> standing there yeah. uh, at the, the pen spot, I was like, this guy, he looks nervous. It's like, you know, like, you know, like sometimes when you watch, um, I, I feel like we, there was somebody I can't, I, you know, I'm not even gonna try to remember who it was, but in the FA cup matches last week, uh, mm-hmm. I was watching whatever, whatever one went to pens, maybe a couple of them did. Um, and somebody stepped up and I was like, there's, I think it was a, a player from Leeds. No, no. Cause they didn't. You know what? I said I wasn't going to speculate because I can't remember who it was. But anyway, somebody stepped up <laughs> fine. to score a pen, and I was like, there is no chance he's going to make this. He, I, he Sometimes they look so uncomfortable, right? And I felt like Beto was like right. that. I was like, this guy is just you – know, there's no way that he's scoring here. Mesut Ozil used to look like that when he stepped up, step up to take a pen. Just absolutely no desire to be there. Just like did not want to be you know, the pen taker. Um, but anyway, okay. so – uh, so good, but you know, very good returns. You know, all in all, the Huang the Sun, good transfer. Sun could have had an even better match. He missed two really good chances, and he had at least three really strong chance created. Um, I guess it was the two misses that kind of kept him out of the bonus points because it felt like um, he created a lot of chances in the match, and usually that's enough to to snag a, a bonus. But um, so, but you know, Sun finishes on um, on seven. Foden with 15 today. Uh, Holland gets the late goal to kind of re- semi-redeem him as a captain. I honestly think it's very likely that Sokka outscores him now. And uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like we got a little um, – do you think in general that we should not be using – cup competitions or maybe even like champions league anything like this should we be should we be ignoring these when it comes to making decisions in fpl like the fact that he scored all of those goals at midweek was that a harbinger of what we were going to see um (laughs) this weekend or was it irrelevant and maybe a distracting data point for us more distracting i think because what we saw against manchester united was just a repeat of league Holland that we've seen the last month where he's missing guilt edge chance, guilt edge chances. And yeah, very crowded in the box, right? Like not getting a lot of space. I defend, I do defend the rationale for captaining Holland. Otherwise this game week, because of his historic returns in the Manchester Derby, you could say the same against as for Foden too, 
where I think between the two of them now they have six goals each yeah. in the last uh, four meetings against Manchester United. So it, it's always a goal fest. It was a, I, the game played out a, a little differently than I had, had expected. Manchester United yeah. clearly took a lot of confidence from that early Rashford goal and sort of yeah. like Johnny Evans. Down and, I, I thought had a really nice mm-hmm. performance. He sort of, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, if they if they only brought him. They probably honestly probably should have taken him off at halftime, right? Like they uh, he, <laughs> I mean, because he played so well, but there was just no way he was going to be able to keep that up for ninety minutes, right? And it was like, yeah. you might have just it might have just been better to throw up a fresh body in there yeah. right at right at halftime. But you see, I think Holland has done this in the Champions League as well. Like had a huge return, and it does. It's just, it's slightly different, I suppose. And yeah. I don't know any other way to explain it. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. But I, either way, we win with Saka because I think the majority of people on the upper you know, echelon were also swayed by the cup competition and captain him. So. Let's see. I think in our in, in our uh, sort of friends mini league, we get like a small percentage of Saka's points. It's not fully negative returns for us if he. Scores. I think it kind of depends. I feel like I'm seeing negative in most of my like. I know like in terms of effective ownership, which, which again, I, I one thing people really need to keep in mind too is that effective ownership really only matters if you're in the top 10k. Like at least the effective ownership that most people are referring to, the live FBL yeah. version of it. Um, in general, the effective. I mean, you can look, you can find different versions of it in different spots, but the kind of like quick quick and dirty EO that you see is, um, is the top 10 K. So, um, so it may be that it doesn't hurt us that much, but I think, uh, the like total ownership of players in tomorrow's match is, it, it's over 200%, right? Like, so if you, yeah. if you own a player, you have hundred percent of that player. If you have two, you have 200%, right? So it's, yeah only having two players in that match, you and I are probably at a slight disadvantage um, to the point where we may not even want Arsenal to keep a clean sheet, which is just kind of a funny <laughs> spot to be in. <laughs> well, I, well, in that, general, I, I think it's hard, like, yeah. I, I think it's not, um, I, I find it like just unsatisfying to watch matches like that, like sort of hoping that my player concedes. I, I mean, I think like on, on the one hand, it's, it's, it's just a total, totally like rational um like whatever, like whatever's going to get me more points is what I should root for. But, you know, rooting for my goalkeeper to concede is just always a weird, yeah. I mean, toss on the, like being an Arsenal supporter as well. And it makes things even, even more complicated. But um, I do think long-term I want to be doubled up on this, on this Arsenal defense. Like I think, um, I think I have an extremely good chance of a clean sheet tomorrow. Right. And I think that um, I, I'm, I'm jealous of people who still have two Arsenal defenders going into tomorrow's match. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let me let me throw my team up here because I have another uh, point to make. Read the Erling Holland captaincy. Uh, So here we here we go, Uh, because there is another player who, you know, was was talked about ever so briefly Mm -hmm. uh, as as in the lead up to game week 27. All right. So there's my wonderful series of green arrows there. Look at that. Up to close to 580 K. So very, very pleased. So um, I'm on 70 points with Saliba and Saka to play. Uh, now I just live in perpetual fear of a Gabriel masterclass on, yeah. on, on yeah. corner kicks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, benching Suchek, fine, sure, whatever. Like uh, I, I, I say this time and time again, it's great to have a player like Suchek who you can never 
kick yourself for benching because yeah. you were never going to start him anyway. Right. And to get returns from all of my mids, assuming Saka returns. Yep. Uh, there's there's uh, nothing bad there. Pau Torres did make the Villa bench, so we'll see if he's fit by game week 29, even though I'm pretty sure I'm free hitting. Great to see a start from Issa Kabore, which gives me some faith, and maybe he could be worth starting in the double in game week 28. We can talk yeah. a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, so if you want to like, I don't know what, uh, well, okay. We, yeah, we'll, we'll hold, we'll hold off still on the, on the Luton Bournemouth talk because there's, there's sure. plenty, there's plenty of meat on that bone. So I just wanted to uh, go back in time, not Kings of the game week style, but just back a few weeks to look at Holland versus Watkins, Yeah, 13 points to Holland's uh, six. And if we, if we go back to last week, you had Watkins nine to Holland's five. Go back one more week. You've got Watkins 13 to Holland's 10. Uh, you have to go all the way back to game wing 24 when Holland had his 13-point haul and Watkins blanked. Watkins is just been so incredibly consistent. And yeah. uh, I, I don't really know what to do with it. Like, when do yeah. I get to flip the switch to Watkins being the auto captain? I'm just not sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, right, his minutes are insane. Like, uh, mm-hmm. plays something close to full 90, uh, unless they're, like, blowing, you know, a, a, the other squad out. Uh, and if they are blowing the squad out, it typically means that he's had good returns. Um, he's kind of a double threat, right, because he scores goals and is um, credited, you know, I think it's double-digit assists on the season as well. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's... Um, I know, and it's interesting too because I don't know that we're really going to get any. Um, I don't. I, we may not get any doubles, right? With um, with Villa, you know, throw the rest of the season. So, um, you know, the doubles are going to dictate captaincy a little bit for you know some of these game weeks. And um, I guess you get to captain him in game week twenty nine, Brandon, whether you're free hit or not. So there you go. There's your there's your yeah. chance. Uh, are you, um, you? You said that you are leaning towards free hit. Is there a chance that you would not free hit in twenty nine? Is this something that you're that you would at least kick around. I'm, I'm firmly in the free hit 29 category. I just don't have enough players. Like it wouldn't make any sense for me to do it. No, I, I'm, I, I think I'm firm. Yes. And okay. there again, I'm hedging. I think I'm firm. Mm-hmm. I'm like 85 to 90% certainly going to free hit. I guess I'm yep. leaving that door open a crack because I don't have to close it just yet. Yep. Um, but I, I just won't have a strong team. And I thought we had a good discussion on our Patreon pod on Thursday night about the, uh, really all the pros of free hitting and how if you look at a big blank game week like this in the same way you think of a double game week and that every player that plays, every fixture that you get that your opponent doesn't get, it's the same logic as yep. with a double game week. Um, and maybe they, the players and the fixtures don't appeal to you. But I still just don't believe that game week 29 is just going to be a bunch of 1-1 draws where all the goals are scored by 89th substitutes who you've never heard of before. That's yep. just, there will be points. Uh, so we'll see if we can get lucky. So, yeah, I, I'm really kind of uh, pleased at, at, at how I'm approaching the run in here. Uh, hopefully uh, there's a path to the top 100K in the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at least just because of all of the the arrows that you and I have green arrows that we've had, we are now in the zone where we're just having a border like a it's just a garden variety bad season, 
right? <laughs> it's like, it's not a, yeah. it's not a catastrophic season. It's not a, like, um, I remember I once did one of those meet the manager, uh, pods with, um, with our friend Joe from fantasy football scout. It's a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was excited to be on there, um, have had a number of top 10 K finishes and wanted to, you know, talk about my, whatever my unique insights might be. And we spent almost the entire pod talking about the one season when I finished 600 (laughs) K. And so I have to think of myself, it's like the, the bad ones do stand out. Right. And so, um, and so I want the instructive seasons, right? I, are they? Maybe. It's hard to I say. Mean, in in, in I mean, some respect. Not, the, the good seasons yeah. are also instructive. It's all life yeah. is instructive. Josh. I would say, yeah, I would say in general, I am, uh, I am a bit of a, I have a front runner's mentality when it comes to fantasy, which is to say that if I am doing well, I am really good at doing even, like I become cold, rational, smart when I'm doing well. And, and it kind of begets doing even better. And when I'm doing poorly, I become a, like, like a, like a full on gambler, you know, and I'm just like, I'm going to like try this and this, and I'm not going to, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but I would say, uh, what I have done basically since the festive fixtures is just be pretty like kind of boring, I guess. But, but ultimately it's been satisfying because there's green arrows every single week. And so I think, um, what I'm, what I'm not you know, having right now, unfortunately, are the like, I'm not having that, like that one week where I have a 90, I have 95 points. Everybody else has 60, right? It's more like I have, I have, there's a lot of weeks right now where I have 70 and everyone's got 62, right? You know, it's like, you know, it's like a little, like, you know, it's, it's a little closer to the, to the mean, but you, you know, average those out over, seven, eight, nine weeks. And I think both of us have started to see a real, a real difference in there. And so it's an argument in favor of just kind of being like kind of slow and steady, as long as, um, you know, as long as your goal is not like, I will do everything I can to finish in the top 10 K this year. And I'm willing to be in the top 4 million (laughs) if that's what it takes. Cause I don't think either of us really are approaching the season that way. I don't, I don't want that kind of boomer bust, uh, that doesn't, it just doesn't seem satisfying to me because I know that if it blows up, I'm just going to be so, unhappy about it that I just don't want to like even go down that road. Yeah. It depends on how you or why you play the game. If you, if you, if it's really only fun, if you're taking those big swings, you and I, I think maybe are more realists in that sense. And, uh, I agree. Yeah. And it's interesting how we've been getting these green arrows, just kind of applying the general logic and not necessarily the, um, uh, the synthesized stats-based logic that we're uh, getting from uh, the, the the players, the managers who are actually doing extremely well this right. season are the right. ones who are really uh, kind of exploiting those data tables. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, so I feel like I'm. I feel like I am doing that. I honestly feel like the one thing I'm not doing enough of is is. Um, I, you know, I, I think that there have been times when I've ignored some of those data tables and that that's, that has come back to, I mean, which I guess yeah. is kind of what you're saying, but I, I wouldn't say that we're like anti data. I mean, I, I, I'm looking no. at review every, every week and, and using it as a, as a guidepost. Oh sure. yes. Yes. I know. I know you bring it, you bring it up constantly, but uh, so <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, to round, to round out this conversation, I am a little worried about the hope that I feel about turning the season around because it is okay. the hope that kills you. So I'm like being kind of <laughs> cautious so negative. at the moment. Well, what's the, what is, okay. So you're like five, what are you now? Like you're five, 580. 580. Okay. So, uh, and we have what, uh, 12 weeks to go, 
11 weeks, 28 to 38. So 11 weeks. So 11 weeks left in the season, um, which is basically eh, like roughly a quarter of the season to go. Right. So, um, uh, what it, you know, what is like a realistic goal for you? What do you, what would you be like? If you, like, if you were like, I mean, if you finish in the top 200 K, right. Uh, would that be, yeah. would that, would that be like a really disappointing or would you be like, okay, like I can, I can handle that. Well, at this point, I, I at this point, I still want to just hang on to the uh, six figure rank uh, because, okay. you know, you see it happen where you have a great climb and then you fall back in one game week. Yeah. And uh, my main chief goal is for that to not happen. I don't want to yeah. slide back into uh, the sub one million. Yeah, OR. I, I do but get I do that. Think, top, yeah, I do get that. Top two fifty, top two hundred and fifty k, I think, is probably the soft goal, and then top one hundred k is the stretch goal at this point. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm like maybe like two weeks ahead of you on this like trajectory, right? I'm like around four twenty k, I think now. So I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was definitely in that kind of same zone where I was like, if I just stay into the top one million, I'll be happy. And so I guess, I guess, like the great recalibration as part of the the way you have to play when you know when this a game like this is it's different than other fantasy games right because you're 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 playing um you have your mini leagues or whatever but you're also playing a game of golf you know uh, essentially against 11 million other managers right and so you um you know your goals will change right like maybe on maybe on the first hole or whatever i don't know if i can keep this metaphor going but like on the you know right at the very beginning your goal is sure i'm going to win the whole thing and then by the end you're like okay let me just finish in the top whatever top 20 you know like you you know you kind of just you know keep recalibrating and so i think um yeah i I, i'm still shooting for the top 100k i don't know it seems possible but i do think i probably have to um I will probably have to make a decision at some point. Maybe there's people listening who feel the same way. I have to make a decision at some point about how bold I want to be, right? Because if I just kind of keep doing what I'm doing, which is good, sensible, kind of, you know, um, sort of solid kind of in line with clean sheet expectations and gambling, you know, bookies odds for goalkeeper scores, things like that, the right decision. Is that enough? Or do I have to kind of take a big swing at some point? And I think that's a decision I'm still, um, I, I it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of like, I, I don't, I'm not ready to make that decision yet. Cause I'm not even close enough where it would make a huge difference. You know, it's like, sure. it's like, I want to still kind of get a little bit closer. And then if I'm 160 K going into game week 38, then yes, like maybe that is the week to kind of, to really be bold. Right. Because the difference between 99 K or 300 K, you know, I mean, the difference between 160 and 300 doesn't feel like a lot to me, but if I could crack the top hundred K, that would feel like a real big accomplishment. And so that might be the time to like be real bold. Maybe the last couple weeks of the season. Sure. You kind of feel like you had the high ground to, uh, for the moment and, and just hold it. Yeah. It looked a lot of people, not a lot, but there were, uh, some people wild carding going into game week 27, uh, with a certain strategy in mind. And I'm like, are you giving up the high ground right, right. now? And I think you, you find yourself wild carding in a moment like this because you feel like you've already yeah. lost it. But well, let's, um, there you go. I've yeah. taken your golf metaphor and turned it into a, a West War. Point military yeah, strategy. I like, I like it. I like it. Sun Tzu in the art of FPL. Um, I watched Napoleon yeah. last night on my iPad. And, What'd you think? Um, uh, pretty boring. <laughs> I was disappointed. I wanted to like it. I, I like was not, uh, I went into it. Um, I saw it in a the theater and I like went into it like 
with like kind of I wanted to enjoy it and I, I felt the same way. It was yeah. a little I wondered if I was bored because Joaquin Phoenix seemed super bored. He yeah. was acting in that movie like I check my email. Uh, yeah, it's like that movie I'm not there or whatever that he did, right? Remember that one where he, oh, like, it was, he was like yeah. the uh the killer for hire? Yeah, or something, uh-huh. yeah, something like that. Um, all right. Well, that is um, Gaming 27. So we have one more match tomorrow. We'll see uh, what happens in that one, see if there's any any serious drama. But uh, we have a double game week coming up. Uh, it's a, it's kind of an unusual one um, and, a, and a slightly unexpected one, right? Because this is uh, Bournemouth and Luton play um, their, um, it, you know, it's a, it's a brand new fixture, but it is effectively the third time they'll play them this year because they uh, they played a match. Um, was it in January? I think it may have been in, it was either December or January when, when they played and there was a, mm-hmm. um, uh, an incident. Um, who was the player? Do you remember who picked up the, um, who the yeah, heart? Lockler. Lockler. Yeah. Lockler had, um, unfortunately the second time that's happened to him now too, right? He had a, um, yeah. he had an issue and, and, um, had to be taken off the pitch. It was really yeah, cardiac uh, arrest, cardiac arrest. Was, yeah. yeah. Really dangerous moment, really scary. And, uh, and so they, uh, and it was so serious that they decided just to, that the match couldn't, you know, continue. I think very, very, you know, rightly so. Very similar to the Demar Hamlin situation in the NFL last year. Um, and so this is the rescheduled match uh, for that. And so it's kind of a bonus from a, you know, from a fantasy standpoint. It's a bonus game week for us now, right? They they'll they'll play twice in twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what makes it unique is that it is quite okay. Okay, actually, what I think is unique about it is that. Bournemouth are a team that have exactly one fantasy asset, like, like literally one player that anybody would, would typically want. Um, and yet they play two home matches at home to Luton and Sheffield, right? Two promoted squads. Uh, Luton have proven they can score, but they it is a dead certainty that they can concede, right? And so Luton concede goals. Sheffield United absolutely concede goals. So, you know, we there's an expectation that if you bring in some Bournemouth players, there is a reasonable chance that you will get some kind of return, right? Whether that's an attacking return or clean sheets or whatever, but it is quite difficult, I think, to determine exactly who you want from, and we can, you know, we'll leave uh, Luton just aside for a second, right? But it's, it's difficult to determine who you'd want from Bournemouth and, uh, the defense is like a patchwork situation. It just got worse, right? Because Sinisi, yeah. who was kind of the the pop, you talked about him on on last week. You're bigging up of him. Yeah, I think you actually said right. um, that injury or not, you'd be bringing him in for 28. And so he's now injured, and you're bringing him in still. Right? You still That's, have that yeah. signed piece of paper that I uh, filled <laughs> the, out the live newspaper. on newspaper. Yeah, you took it an ad in the Irish Times, yeah. uh, claiming the. <laughs> yeah, so it was, um, but the. Um, so Sinisi goes down with an injury. And so we are now, um, we're now in the zone where the decision is basically, um, which player that you could not pick out of a lineup. Are you going to bring in as your second, a second Bournemouth player? If you bring them in, or do you just fade them entirely? Or do you just go for a Luton player? Right. Matt, Matt, um, not Matt Doherty. Um, uh, what is, what is Doherty's Elfie. first name? Yeah. Elfie, Elfie Doughty. Um, <laughs> alien life form Doughty. Alien life form Doughty. We should, let's just call him Elf from now on. All right. So mm-hmm. Elf. 100%. Yeah. Elf picked up, uh, from a, the planet uh, Melmac. From the planet Melmac. Exactly. Uh, hates cat. What did he eat? Does he, he want to eat cats? cats? Does he hate cats he, or want to eat them? I can't remember. It's both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real like love, hand hand. love, hate situation. <laughs> um, so Elf, uh, 
Elf uh, picks up an assist and a bonus point in a two three loss, right? And so that, but that, that this is this is the script with um, with 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 Elf because he is. Um, uh, you sort of look back. He has. Um, Got an assist in a 1-1 draw with Burnley in game week 21. Uh, picked up nine points and a 2-3 loss to Chelsea. Uh, seven points and a 3-2 win over Sheffield. Nine points and a 1-0 win over Newcastle. So, you know, conceding goals is not a um, de- ne- like necessarily a determining factor in whether yeah. Doughty is a good buy. It's basically, can he get attack? And it's because he's he's really advanced on the left wing, right? He's really... Um, and you can see it in, the, in these matches, right? I don't know how much of the Villa match you watched yesterday, but he's he's just very involved, right? Yeah, no, the whole thing, all. all ninety minutes. Wow, well, well done. Yeah, so yeah, he, to the point where he, yeah. he got his own. Yeah, he got his own return there, and um, it was in yeah, yeah. The the Villa defense is a whole other it's a weird conversation, match. but yeah, 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 very weird match. So you have a, a situation though where I I think there's some opportunities here. We talked about being. Um, template or being a little boring or whatever this this there's some cha- there are some like opportunities here with this double right there are sure uh, dominic Solanke the is the one player that i think you and i could could very competently recommend um there was a bit of a knee worry but he ended up playing i think 89 minutes in today's match so um should be fine um looked okay like good enough that you kind of have to captain him not so good that uh, and a spoiler alert, because there's a question about this later, but I, I don't think I would triple captain him if I still have my triple captainship. I don't quite feel mm, good enough about juicy. good enough about him. So, but I think uh, when you look through the squad for Bournemouth and for Luton, there are a lot of unique players. Like you could, um, I mean, if we just want to start with with Bournemouth, Brandon, um, yeah. I think that there are. I, I thought the, the match today was interesting because you you kind of saw the two kind of midfield assets that um that maybe make sense uh in in tavernier and clivert right uh they're both super affordable right um tavernier is a, a right wing clivert uh sort of plays as like a kind of number 10 um and uh i mean clivert's 4.6 million so he's like he's incredibly affordable uh and uh He's not necessarily like an X minutes king. That's the one kind of concern with him, right? He's like a, not even necessarily like a like an absolute locked in starter. Tavernier probably a little bit safer, um, and uh, I, you know I thought he like had a pretty good match. Um, he uh, had some chances. Uh, I don't know, Tavernier? like yeah, I I I. I, I Tavernier kind of came on my radar around the festive fixtures, right around the same time that Alf. Yeah. came to my mind because they, and I think Tavernier plays more on the left and Semenya, who I think should, we should right. also I'm, talk I'm, about. I'm getting my, right. my left and right uh, mixed um, up there. Yes, yes. But Tavernier's skill for Bournemouth is his delivery, much like right. Dowdy's. And right. I think that's where he shines, less in the goal-scoring capacity, and he's on some some set pieces. But Semenya, I thought, had the standout performance for Bournemouth against yeah, uh, Burnley. So uh, suddenly he becomes nice an interest. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's. I wish he was classified as a midfielder, right? That's the one. The one concern with him is that mm-hmm. it's uh, he's 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 listed as a forward. So the the question is, would you would you be willing? Because he's got two goals and three. Would you be willing to bring him in instead of Solanke? I mean, you don't have you don't have Solanke yeah. at all right now. So this is a sure. a real like a genuine question. Right. So it was the injury doubt on Solanke that 
gave me the furthered my confidence to keep Tony for that Chelsea fixture. And Tony was as invisible in that match as Solanke was in the Burnley match. It's a total wash there. Yep. So yeah, there is that decision. If you are dead set on bringing Solanke in, Semenyo offers you that opportunity. But I just go back to shrewd fantasy manager mode of there are just, it's just better with Solanke. He has penalties. Yeah. And he will be more consistent. I don't know if this was like a cup match for Semenyo, a la Holland scoring five against Luton Town. Right. Um, where, well, well, can I can I draw any conclusions about Semenyo as a fantasy asset? That seems kind of crazy to me. If I no. were, if I were, say, wild carding into this game week, that's kind of an interesting tactic to get Solanke and Semenyo. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting. Uh, it's just we're in an interesting spot because it's it's really. Um, uh, you know, I, I think you really can't drop Watkins or, um, or Holland at the moment. Right. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could drop Holland for Carlton Morris if you want to be, um, if you want to really go for it over the next couple of weeks, maybe, um, maybe you don't want to, maybe you're not free hitting in uh, 29. Right. So you just want to kind of go yeah. for it over the next two weeks. Like I do. Yeah. I mean, like Holland has, will get zero points in 29 and, plays uh, away to Liverpool in 28, right? Whereas Carlton Morris plays um, home. Uh, or Well, actually, no. Are either of his matches home in, in 28? Uh, let me see. Do Luton, Luton are away in both matches. They're away to, to Palace and they're away to uh, Bournemouth. So um, so anyway, but, but Morris over two plus, plus 29. Like, yeah, I, I do think he'll outscore um, three, three versus one, right. When one being about as tough matches you're going to have for Holland. I do think that, um, that Morris is, is a, if you want to go for it, it's, it's worth it. Right. It's just, um, uh, I don't know. I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. like it's, I, I'm not, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, and also like, I, I'm a little concerned about the, you know, do we see, um, uh, Adebayo come like, is he like how, yeah, so now now he's. I feel like he's shifted into uh, unknown return date with the with the hamstring injury. You never want unknown return date, Brandon. That's you want at least like a tentative window of return, sure. right? So you need a plan. Yeah. So Morris is probably safe, um, and uh, he's honestly like started to put together. My voice just cracked there because I'm so excited about about Carlton <laughs> Morris, but uh-huh. he has secretly put together. Uh, or quietly put together, I should say, like a pretty decent season, right? Eight goals and six assists um, across 27 matches. You know, Looked that, great against Villa, yeah. I'll tell you, on Saturday. Yeah, that puts him in line for something like a 12-goal, eight-assist season, something like that, which I think mm-hmm. is really quite good for, um, you know, for a, for a five million, you know, forward on a promoted team. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, our friend Brian Clark in the YouTube chat points us toward defensive options. And with Sinisi out, uh, I like Neto feels like the only pick that I'd be super comfortable with yeah. on Bournemouth. It's like there are no goalkeepers that we generally covet. So why not Neto? He played very well against Burnley. Yep, uh, He's kind of like a keeper you'd be fine having for the rest of the season if you were if you'd already played your wild card etc so i i I think that's a great pick there yeah i mean if if, yeah if you want to like i'm i think i'm done like 
I may never spin a transfer on a goalkeeper again, like as long as mm-hmm. I play FPL, because um, it is. Um, it was like I I had never done it, and then the one the like this season was one of the first times I ever had to do it, and I um, I, I guess I didn't even even then I didn't have to do it, but I felt like I should do it, and uh, it's cost me like twenty five points on the season, right? So you I I, really, I almost I to me it's like you got to like just like go with the girl that brought you or whatever, mm-hmm. like, uh, or the, mm-hmm. the boy that brought you, right? Like if you're going to the dance, it's like, I'm just, I am, yeah. I, I'm stuck with Dubrovka and Ariola until I wildcard. And that's just, I don't even know. I might just keep them. I, I have no idea. I have no read on keepers at this point. I have no idea. Um, they all seem bad. And in, in like, in, in there's an incredible ways. number like, of band-aid goalkeepers this season, right? I couldn't even yeah. tell you the name of the guy who's yeah. playing at forest right now. Uh, you've got Kelleher at Liverpool, Dubrovka at Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, like but I'd be so John much better Stone off. John Stone is finally if, back yeah, at Palace. If, if I had just never bought Dubrovka, never wasted the transfer in Dubrovka, and literally just kept starting Areola, right? Uh-huh. Like. Yeah. Every time I benched him, he's he's picked up like a double digit return. Like it's you know, it's, there's really no. Um, it doesn't feel like you can logic your way into great goalkeeper transfers. Like there's no. I mean, look at Ederson, mm-hmm. right? Ederson, uh, he had an absolutely amazing tackle uh, in, in in today's match, right? Like he, uh, I mean, to me, he is like you know, I think very. I mean, I don't know, Allison maybe has an argument, but I, I think he's like clearly the best uh, keeper in the Premier League. I like, can absolutely wonder. I would disagree with that. Uh, do you? Entirely. Yes. Who, who do you think so. is the best keeper in the in the Premier League? Uh, Allison by a mile. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe I just like ding him a little bit because he seems like he can't stay healthy. But like there's a sort of, uh, I just, some of Ederson, like his physicality and the way he comes out and his aggression. And he, I just, I, I like his style, but even him, like even he can't, uh, he's also a great shot stopper, of course. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, he's that's, okay on the shot stop. I, mean, I just don't think his reactions are anywhere close to somebody like Allison. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you, what, is he second for you? Uh, I'm just going through my Rolodex of other <laughs> goalkeepers. I mean, even Vicario at Spurs, I think. Uh, yeah, Vicario yeah. is uh, Vicario Martinez. Yeah, I put both of those guys ahead Vicario's of, of Ederson, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, anyway, the the point is, it's it's really hard to make a good a good goalkeeper transfer. Um, do you want to hear Brandon some hot takes? I, I put out the call for some <laughs> yeah, for some I Bournemouth do. and Luton hot. There's some there's some questions thrown in here as well, but we'll also just do some some hot takes, and we can weigh in um, as we as we so please. Okay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bournemouth Luton hot takes on here we go. Brian asks, triple Captain Solanke, bold or stupid? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, to me it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I think both, it, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not bold, nor is it stupid. Uh-huh. It, it feels like uh, kind of like the chalk move right now. Just if you look yeah. at the fixtures and, and, and you mentioned yeah. the fixture for Holland against Liverpool yep. and, you know, beside that, should we even be considering Holland as an automatic cap? Um, he's not it. So then you've got a, a marginally informed number nine in Solanke. It just makes sense to captain him. It yep. doesn't feel bold uh, yep. and it doesn't feel dumb to triple. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you draw the line between uh, it being an exciting triple captain versus? Um, I guess I'm just a thinking about triple captain. I'm just thinking that, like, you know, someone like let's say you, st- you if you still have your triple captain, right? Like, we there are a number of very good teams that are going to double, but let's say you're a little nervous about Arsenal or Man City, right? We've seen Man City. Um, I don't think it's going to be relevant this season because they're I, I presumably will be in a what looks like a very tight title race right down to the end of the season. But like last yeah. year we saw like they, they really prioritized the champions league and it made um, even owning their players in fantasy, like a real crapshoot, Right. But we know that um, that Spurs and Chelsea will both have doubles. Right. And they have nothing to worry about in terms of Europe. Right. And so um, there's not like, would you rather have Cole Palmer for a double game week or like, like triple captain or, um, or Solanke. Would you rather have Sun for a triple captain or Solanke? Like that's just two players, right? Like let alone like like a, an Arsenal player or um, or a Man City player. Like to me, I, it's like I mean fixtures are super important, but I just kind of think back to like Huang um, a couple of weeks ago and how we all got excited about him because it was Sheffield at home. But it's like ultimately they're just not like the the problem with with bottom half of the table teams is they're not hugely explosive. Right. And so it's just like, they might like Bournemouth might win both these matches, but I don't see them as four nil wins, five nil wins. Maybe the Luton match is like a three, two or something like that. But in general, I, I just think they're going to be a little tighter than that. And so um, it just lowered because the, the kind of range of total goals they might score 
is lower than the range of total goals you might see from like a Spurs or a Chelsea, like teams mm-hmm. that just have more firepower, like in, inherently just because the talent they have up front. It makes me feel like I would rather kind of hold off and uh, and and go with a top half of the table player for my triple captain. For it to be bold too, I think you have to qualify it with n- n- not everyone will be captaining Solanke. Everyone right. is going to be captaining him, whether they're playing the triple cap chip or not. Yeah. Yep. So that doesn't feel super bold. And like maybe your gains will be um, not as great as you kind of want them to be. Yeah. If your goal is to be bold, perhaps wait and play it on a, as you're suggesting, a different player at a different time that might be less popular or play it on a play it on <laughs> play it on our guy Semenyo. That's bold. Yeah. Or and Neto, how about that? Neto, Neto, Neto <laughs> TC. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a uh, high floor, right? You're thinking you got to be at least five points there. So, you know, that's a five points tripled. Brandon, as mm-hmm. we all know, is uh, 15 points. So, um, yes. A, Thank you. Possi- School of Rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a possibility there. Um, all right. Next uh, hot take or just take really um, is uh, mediocre FPL says, if I didn't already have Solanke after today's show and I'm not sure I'd bother. Morris looked more threatening. I think the Morris-Dottie combo, sorry, mediocre, but we're now calling him Elf. Uh, the Morris-Elf combo is worth a hit. Uh, Luton played teams who've conceded the first, seventh, and ninth most goals from set pieces. Uh, Luton have scored um, Luton have scored the fourth most. So um, that's interesting. I mean, I think, uh, I think there's an argument for it, and it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying uh, earlier about Spurs and Chelsea, which is that Luton can score. Luton score goals like this is like they they say what you will about them. I don't know if they're going to stay up or not, but this is a team that I have every confidence will score. And what is likely both of these matches. Right. And Mm so Mm -hmm. if you expect them to score, I think there's a really good chance that you get some kind of return from, from Alf or from Morris, possibly both. So um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, that's, that's fair. If I look at who do I, Anything can happen in one game week. So yeah. I buy the argument that Morris is is maybe given recent form, looking a little sharper than Solanke marginally. But what I'm going to be stuck with one of these guys, you know, for the the weeks after. So Luton in game week 29 have Forest at home. Fair. That's a that's a fine enough match. Yep. Followed by Spurs, then Arsenal, Bournemouth, City. Bournemouth, uh, their fixtures, they do have a blank in 29. So that's something to strongly consider if you don't have a free hit to lean into. Then they have Everton, Palace, and Luton again in game week 32. So if if you are free hitting in game week 29, I feel like the fixtures for Solanke just remain good and look slightly better than Morris's uh, in the main. So that that points me still towards Solanke, and I think Solanke, so long as he's fit, um, he's he's just a better player than Carlton Morris, and I want to put my money in that corner. Yeah, I mean, I for sure. I think uh, it's it's really more about I think midfielders and defenders, right? Because I think um, I, I just think again, like there's just there are only so many forward spots and well why don't you pull up let me can i can i see your team for for 28 brendan i'm curious Uh, what your uh yeah how things are looking for you in general yeah no worries yeah i'm gonna pull up my team right here here we go 
So you've got uh, one doubler right now, Mr. Mm-hmm. Issa Kavore. Okay. And I'm going to boy. plan yeah. on bench, uh, benching Nathan Ake and Pau Torres, mm-hmm. my bench defenders, because you got to believe that Liverpool are going to score yep. against City. Yeah. And I've got Suchek, Ake bench for myself. Yep. Um, so that's fine. I mean, Kabore, maybe he gets one start out of the, out of the two. I'm willing to roll yeah. the dice there. Yeah. Uh, and Tony is going to leave. Uh, most likely for big Dominic Solanke. So I free hit in game week 29 and then I captain Tony there. So that's really all I'm planning to do. I'm not planning on taking any hits. I think that's, I don't know if we've got any bold predictions or hot takes about if hits are worth it for this double. I just, like just really I mean, kind of don't think they are. I think you, I I mean, just looking at your squad, I I think that, uh, you know, a hit for a Bournemouth defender, doesn't sound terrible to me just just because then you wouldn't have to start Botman away to Chelsea, um, which that's probably a one or two pointer right there. And so maybe there's an argument for just taking a swing with a with uh-huh. a Bournemouth that defender. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, on the Bournemouth uh, defensive front, um, there was a our friend Rich Clark, who's one of our um friends from the um, the Hub Network, um, was saying, as, as someone who's had an absolute nightmare with keepers, it feels a good week to go with Neto uh, with four home games on either side of a Game Week 29 free hit, right? So I think the argument for Neto is the same argument for a Bournemouth defender, which is that even if you are free hitting in 29, if you look ahead to Game Weeks 30 and 31, you're also going to get some some home matches in those matches, you know, in, in those um, in those fixtures as well. So I guess that, that might be, um, an argument for a minus four is that, well, at least you have a, a playable defender for the next, um, you know, handful of game weeks. Question of course, is yeah. if there's anybody like, you know, with Sinisi, uh, I mean, the thing was about Sinisi is he was a center back. So it wasn't like he was ever like the most exciting option anyway. Right. Like it's sort of a he scores. He scored a lot of attacking returns. Um, yeah. let's see. I'm, I'm just, Looking at his uh, attacking returns on the season, fans have three goals and two assists for a center back is is pretty strong for somebody priced at four point five. No, for sure, but uh, but sadly he is he's no longer with us from a, <laughs> from a fantasy standpoint. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, yeah. So Zabarni, he's even cheaper. Uh, his kind of center back partner. He's uh, started every. Uh, match so far this season. Sadly, Brandon has zero goals and zero assists on the season. Okay. So he is uh, le- less appealing, certainly. But maybe, maybe he fills in, Brandon. Maybe, maybe there's space in the box now, now that Sinisi is not hogging all the goals <laughs> and assists. Yeah. So we mentioned Tavernier and Clivert, uh, and I think those guys, uh, to, to Rabbi's question in the chat, sort of fill the make fantasy fun again quotient. Uh, interesting comment from Mark Nash, though, who wants to know why have we and have why haven't we mentioned Ross Barkley's name yet? Right. What do you have against Ross Barkley, Josh? Ross Barkley. Well, uh, what do I have against Ross? I have a lot of accumulated feelings about Ross Barkley, Brandon. Get him, uh, get him out. Let's well, air him out. Yeah, well, first of all, he's cheap, right? So that is that is appealing. Uh, he has been taking like a you lot of took him out to dinner, and he refused to uh, pay yeah, anything go on the bill. Yeah, exactly. He walked out on the on the tab. Uh, yeah, he's, he's he's too cheap. Darn it! Uh, but I think that he is. Um, he, he does take shot. I mean, like he's 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 integral to to the Luton attack for sure, and does take a lot of shots. He is a very, very streaky player, both um, sort of fantasy-wise and, and I suppose in the Premier League 
too, but certainly in fantasy, uh, capable of big returns, capable of disappearing for 10 weeks at a time. Right. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we, this, we, we still see this. I mean, he, you know, I, I mean, you and I have been doing this long enough that I, I mean, I still remember when he was the kind of Everton golden boy, right? Like sure. way back, yeah. way back when then he went to, was it Chelsea for a while? Right. Is that sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's going to, he's found his level or whatever, but like it, it you know, it, I just, I like, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel worthwhile to me. And I, I don't know, you know, you and I are in very similar squads right now. And I think that we're barring any like injury news this week. I really don't know that I have a great, like, I don't know, but and I suspect a lot of people listening are kind of in the same boat where I don't really know where I'd even kind of go with, uh, uh, with, with a midfield or forward transfer. Like I'm sort of, um, I mean, you know, looking at my team for, for game week 28, it's, it's, I mean, basically the only spot that would like really make sense would be a, um, would be a defender spot. And, um, I'd probably take, I mean, it's kind of interesting actually, cause I do have a stupid on the, uh, like the most, most frustrating player in fantasy. A stupid pr- man, as Michelle, yeah, our just, friend Michelle said. Yeah. I, I, and I really would ideally not start him. I, I'd actually feel I'd rather, I'd rather start, uh, Anthony Robinson away to wolves than start, um, stooping on home to forest. Right. Because I mean, does he even start the problem with him now is he's become a player who is a kind of perma risk to come on in the 89th minute, right? Like not start at all. And then come on with a minute to go to block whoever's on your bench. Right. So, uh, and because I already have Solanke, it's a free hit to get a Bournemouth defender that plays twice at home. So for me, um, it's worth the risk, right? Even if I think sure. that Luton have a really good chance of scoring in that game, like it feels like uh, even this, the Sheffield match alone would make it worthwhile, right? Because there's the, you know, a decent chance they, they, they're able to keep a clean sheet in that one. So then you're basically in a situation where um, you have to decide if there's any, if there is some upside to be found in the, in the, the Bournemouth, um, you know, like the left, the left back and right back spot basically. Right. And I just, that feels a little trickier to me, um, because, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of injuries there. Um, Adam Smith is, has been around forever. Right. I mean, I think was Adam Smith part of the like original Bournemouth version, like the Eddie Howe Bournemouth. I think he might've like, He's like, he's he like, signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, he was on the Magna Carta. Adam Smith. <laughs> there actually there probably wasn't Adam Smith on the end. Oh, for Carta. sure, one hundred percent. But he's been around. He's been around a long time. And then the other, uh, I, his name is escaping me at the moment. I want to pull it up because I'm I'm sharing my team here. But um, the the other player is like a twenty year old. Uh, who, Kirkes. Is yeah, that who it yeah, is? Kirkes. And so I just worry a little bit about rotation risk with 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 Kirkes too. So. I probably just default to a Bournemouth center back, which is not like hugely exciting, but does feel like, I mean, certainly like there's not going to be any Bournemouth center backs that are like Gabriel levels of ownership for, for 28. Right. So it does feel like there's at least like, like literally just owning any single Bournemouth defender, especially if I don't take a hit is, is probably um, like a net positive. Right. And so, and then from there um, I, I feel like my, again, barring any injuries, the squad looks pretty good, right? Like, um, probably similar to yours in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, I think once you make the, the Solanke move, you and I will quite, uh, annoyingly, I don't, I hope it doesn't last very long, but we're going to (laughs) have literally the exact same front seven as each other. Right. So Saka, Bowden, Palmer, son, Holland, Watkins, Solanke. I mean, looking at my front seven, the only player that, 
there's even an argument for it would be Phil Foden. And, and I just, uh, for obvious reasons, don't want to make that Foden move. Right. I mean, like it's because it, his form is so good. And there was a, uh, a question from FPL fish. He said, should Foden be treated as a premium asset? Um, lots of talk of selling him before tough fixtures. He's in the form of his life. And yeah. at the moment, I just don't know how you could make an argument for full, you know, for, for, um, resting him or, you know, by benching him away to, to Liverpool, because I mean, it's, it's still a Liverpool squad. That's, um, that's, that's short players and, um, it's played a ton of minutes recently. Uh, and Foden is in such incredible form and he's sort of, it feels like he has free reign at the moment, right? He's sort of, um, starting in front of, um, I mean, he's kind of on the right wing, right. But it, he's spent a lot of time in the center as well. Um, has a lot of, it feels like he's getting, he's got a lot of freedom up front right now. Right. So it's like, he sort of, yeah. he can score. He, um, I can see, he can set Holland up. I mean, that yeah. chance, uh, was, it was insane that Holland missed that. Uh, sure that was my day. God. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. It was also just how Foden has put this team on his shoulders the last yeah. few weeks has yeah, it's been it's incredible like, to yeah. see. It's been like the, the Phil narrative season. for years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been waiting. I'm sure Phil Foden's been waiting for this. And you think, uh, well, Pep just doesn't ever give him the platform. And now yeah. it's sort of like that moment in Karate Kid yep. where Daniel realizes painting the fence and waxing the car yep. has made him this incredible karate master. Mm-hmm. We're at that point. Where Pep is just on the sidelines, like smiling and nodding to himself, that Phil Foden's doing the crane kick yeah. against Johnny Evans, and uh, what a sight! I know it's. I really. I just. I. I have to admit it. I mean, I. I. I, I well, I. A, I'll admit that I basically root against City just because they're like the top dog, and it's. Uh, I don't like. I don't root against the like on like an individual level, and I enjoy watching them play. Uh, but you know, but I. I sort of root against. Um, them just because they've, it's like rooting against Bayern Munich, right? It's like, I admire Bayern Munich, but I don't want them to win um, another Bundesliga title. You'll get your wish this season. It looks like it. Yeah. 10 point lead now. I mean, oh my God. And then, (laughs) I mean, it's going to be kind of crazy. Like if, if, if this works out that Klopp is able to engineer this like Marigold run out and then they get Javi Alonso who basically did what Klopp did at Dortmund, Uh right? Which is like finally up and Bayern Munich. Like it's like, it'll work out so perfectly for them. Like it, it, it it's in, like, it'd be crazy how well that would work out. Like it's, it'd be yeah. like a dream. And Javi Alonso looks like the real deal. Right. Which is really uh, fun. I mean, I, but anyway, the, the point is that even though I, I sort of root against Man City, I really do. Um, it's just like, I, I just love, like, I just, I really have a lot of admiration for Pep and what he like the way he like just cranks out. And like, I feel like Cole Palmer is like another example of this where it's just like, him leaving and then being so good at Chelsea is like another example of how good Pep is, right? The only player like, with a brain on that yeah, Chelsea team. It's exactly. Incredible. Even like John Stones today, right? And like his like yeah. positioning and the way he was getting to the box and stuff. It was crazy. Like, so anyway, I don't, yeah. I don't need to do a go on about Man City. Everybody knows um, how good they are. But um, yeah, so Foden to me is, is kind of undroppable. And certainly the idea that I would take a minus four to, I don't know, turn like Anthony Gordon into into Sinisi or whatever, or, or not Sinisi, mm-hmm. uh, some, some, uh, you know, Samanio or whatever, or, or Doherty or I'm like, I, I keep talking about, now I'm talking <laughs> about defenders and forwards here, but it's right. Like a, you like don't a, need to commit Luton, any of these player names. Yeah. To memory. A Luton or Bournemouth <laughs> midfielder, right? The idea that I would drop one of these players for a hit to bring in one of the, I just don't, I don't yeah. see the appeal outside of them playing twice. Right. And so yeah. uh, bringing a defender for free, love it. Like go, for, you know, like there's, yeah. I, there's almost no, um, 
One the clean only, sheet yeah. from that pick, and it's it's golden yeah, for you. Exactly. Totally. You're looking at a seven, eight-pointer, and that's phenomenal. The only consideration would be um, I could also move LaSalle's and double up on on two Bournemouth defenders, which would be, um, I guess I'd probably get Smith as well in that case. Not something I'm seriously planning at the moment, but would be something that I that I would consider. And then I guess I would bench Robinson, and um, I probably would turn Lascelles and Stupinon into um, to in that case. Um, Stupinon has to go right. Like it's, I mean, Brighton just can't, yeah, cannot be trusted. Obviously. And uh, yeah, the the drubbing uh, from Fulham three nil just reinforces Deserby's hatred. What of what is <laughs> what is the deal with Munez? Like, where did he come from? I I maybe I should know this already, but like, he just uh, like all of a he's sudden just been, he's just been he's been the third choice. Fulham signed him. I can't. Remember, I think it was the third. It was when they came up. He was just signed as a backup backup guy. He's Brazilian. He was just kind of came on as a, you know, I might be misremembering that. Anyway, he scored his mm-hmm. first Premier League goal like a month ago. You remember yeah. he like broke into tears on the I pitch. Do. Yeah. And he's just been like on fire ever since. And for so him good. to take this opportunity with Jimenez being injured and poor Amanda Broja, who yep. comes over from Chelsea thinking that uh, this is going to be his time to shine. Yeah. Uh, you haven't seen this guy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all it's there's been a lot of good fortune at Fulham. It's kind of the reverse of Brighton, where you have players like Adama Traore coming back from fitness and suddenly just being remarkable. And I think you've got like somebody like Marco Silva at Fulham feels like he's playing a little bit more organically into the club and the players, where Deserby. I don't know. Is that guy trying to do too much at Brighton at the moment? Uh, I don't know. It's like, I I'm still a believer in him for sure. And I, I think he's like a, and he's done amazing in Europe, in Europe and they have had a lot of injuries and I know that's like, no, whatever. Everyone's had a lot of injuries this season, but I think they've, um, you know, losing both of your, your wings. I think the weird thing is that I, I don't understand the situation with this, his forwards and the crazy rotations and stuff. I, I don't know that that's like really helping the squad. I mean, you know, Brighton supporters probably have, stronger opinions about this but i don't and also maybe it's because i listen to second captains and they're always banging on about um <laughs> what's his name oh, the, evan ferguson yeah, evan ferguson yeah but it's a <laughs> it he does look good every time he's out there i don't know but like it's it hasn't quite you know worked out yet yeah. for him yeah. um all right what you want to hear a couple more hot takes on bournemouth Hit and Britain players all right yeah so um let's let's see here what do we have left we have two um james murray wood says i like this one he said when pose a double game weeks i think it's a useful tip here brian on post uh-huh. double game weeks i ask myself would i even consider bringing in this player in a normal game week mm-hmm. i've already got Solanke and dotty anyone else approaching overkill in my view i was tempted a few weeks ago by a bournemouth winger but inconsistent minutes were a worry so i think that is a good question i actually think it's a question that we talked about a little bit but with the defenders before which is if the question was i have no good defenders for game week 28 and, uh, or I have, I, I have a real defender hole that I need to fill. Why don't I get a Bournemouth defender for the Sheffield United match at home? Like, right. If you just saw that as just the one match for this weekend, yeah. the answer would be good move, right? Like good, logical, they're cheap. Doesn't, doesn't upset your balance or your, you know, distribution of funds at all. Go for it. So I think, I think that you can answer that question. I think very positively with defenders. 
I think even with the Luton, even with Doty, I think you could probably answer that positively, right? Which is like just out of two matches, is there a, I mean, cause it's a lot different than like their, their double in 26, right? There's a much better chance of them, uh, um, uh, you know, of them getting some kind of return, you know, even if it was just from the palace match, right? Like some kind of return in the, in the two weeks. Um, so I think, I think you can answer it pretty positively there. I think when it comes to the midfielders for Luton and Bournemouth, it's a little harder to answer that question, right? Because I, I don't know about you, but I would really never consider a Luton midfielder outside of this double or Bournemouth. For that well, matter. yeah. Part of it is, would you, would you want one in any game week? And part of it is who are you getting rid of yeah. uh, regardless of double? And yeah. Uh, there are so many great midfield options right now. We're just like loaded up. Just look at the guys we're starting Palmer, yep. Foden, Saka, Sun, and you could name many more in addition to that. And to bump one of those guys to take a flyer on Bournemouth and Luton is it, it feels like uh, it feels a little too <clears throat> eager, which is why, yeah, I agree with you on defense. It's, it's a, uh, a decent a decent enough ceiling for a small amount of investment yep. and we don't need to be there we don't need to be loaded up on fantasy defensive options because there aren't very many right now so i'd love to do the most tinkering i think this is where the um there's a question from fpl rabbi about and we talked about this a little bit at the top of the pot about going against holland um this is going against holland and for game weeks 28 to 31 if you're up for it he says i am so um that is another thing where it's like if there wasn't for a, if it wasn't a double would you would you bring in Carlton Morris for Erlen Holland? And the answer is, <laughs> of course, of course you would not, right? Yeah. And so I think that that is the – and now granted, yes, if you're not free hitting uh, 29, maybe there's an argument for it. I don't know. I mean, uh, who would your – I mean, Solanke doesn't play in 29 either, right? So you could just make the move then and not – and just, and just hold, hold Holland for 28. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, don't, I just don't love it because, um, I, I wouldn't, I, I mean, Holland just doesn't, I mean, like he got a, he got a, he played like honestly like a pretty bad match today. Right. And he still walked away with six points, right? Like a bad mm-hmm. match for Holland is, is a six pointer. Um, a bad match for, um, you know, for, for Morris is like one, right? I mean, it's just like the, the ceiling is so, so like the, you know, the floor is so low and the ceiling isn't super high and Holland yeah. could get a 20 pointer in a single game week. Right. So yes. it's a, uh, so yeah. So I, I think that that James Murray Woods um, sort of framing is, is a good one. I think for us mm-hmm. to think about when we are you know debating our, our transfers. Um, so, um, okay, well, let's move on then to um, a couple other questions here. Um yeah, I, I guess another question. There, you know, basically, there are more questions about Solanke and more worries. Yuri uh, uh, and DeGraff said, um, I think Semiano is a better captain than Solanke. Uh, Lone Wolf, AK-17, said, uh, out of form, Solanke really worth taking out a confident Darwin uh, from a historically high-scoring match. So suddenly, that's when we know that Solanke is... Uh, some people are worried about him, Brandon. If if you're considering holding Darwin, uh, <laughs> which, hey, great, amazing game-winning goal, yeah. uh, you know, full credit to him. But, uh, I mean, Darwin coming back from an injury and about to play Man City. Like, sure, like he could get a, you know, an attack in return. But I, I think... Um, I mean, I guess, the, okay, let's, let's look at this a different way. Let's say there's like, uh, some injuries this week, right? Let's say like some major player gets injured, some, some midfielder or something like that. Like suddenly we're in a zone where it's like 
Solanke, clear transfer, great captain pick this week. Um, is he worth the minus four? Like, mm-hmm. you know, probably just because again, it's two promoted clubs at home. Like, and he's also going to be heavily, heavily captain. So, um, I think there's just kind of a, um, there's a little bit of, um, I don't know, like the risk of, the risk of it like blowing up on you is, is pretty high, right? If you don't have him to go with him this week, it's a negative uh, yeah. way to think about it, but it's, it's nevertheless. Yeah. Fun. The reverse way of thinking about it is uh, cast your mind back to the very first double game week of the season, which happened in game week seven and Luton town there, there they were again, they had a double and I thought, Hey, I'm going to be aggressive and I'm going to go for Carlton Morris. Yeah. Who's the player who looks like, the Solanke of the moment, like to his like <laughs> struggling with form. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, Isn't it funny, yeah. by the way, we have had seasons. I feel like entire seasons where promoted clubs have come and gone without us, like barely ever talking about them. Right. Like yeah. maybe like barely a word has been said. We talk about Luden for about 15 minutes on every single pot. This is like yeah. 25, 30 pods in a row where Luton basically have their own section. Like there's so, so much Luton talk on every pot. It's incredible. Yeah, it's too much. But yeah, I brought in Carl Morris. He got nine points and Ollie Watkins with one fixture got 23. Um, so that is the art. That's that's yep. like a, an anecdotal yeah. evidence. Nine of, points though. Not bad, you know. Sure. Uh, had yeah. I only triple captain him, I would have beaten <laughs> Ollie Watkins Hall. Yeah. Um, some I, I, maybe it. the yeah. best argument is always to have the better player on the better team, regardless of what the fantasy chalk tells you to do. So I, I'm kind of like arguing for holding Darwin Nunez in yeah. this example. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just uh, I, I think I don't know. It's just no fun to go into that Wednesday match without at least one player, right? Yeah. If not, if not two, I will. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm going to have Solanke. I think it's, it's slightly different than that. Ali Watkins example and Bournemouth. I just, uh, Bournemouth have been weird. Um, somebody in the chat, I forget who made the point of ever since Solanke kind of picked up that knee knock against Spurs. You've noticed that Bournemouth form has generally tailed off. I still think Bournemouth against city a couple of weeks ago, they looked really good. I think they're a very strong team. I think that this team, regardless of where they are at the table, um, I guess like the bigger worry you have with a team like Bournemouth is that if they play against lower opposition, that the tactics do shift a little bit. They're not able to uh, play as open a match as they did against city, or they're not able to just go against somebody who's like as tactically seemingly tactically inept as Vincent company. Um, I guess that's unfair to company company clearly just doesn't have the players he needs right. to do whatever. Yeah, big I mean, they were in control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think he has the horses. I don't know. What do you think about that look today with the white shirt and the white shoes and stuff? It was like a real, like, uh, I don't know. You know, it was like, I don't know if he was going for like a Rick from Casablanca sort of look, you know, with the white <laughs> and black. I, Wait, I don't Vincent know. Company was, had the, this look. Going? Yeah. He had like a, like a black blazer with like a white shirt and black pants and white shoes. And it was Just play it, it again, Vincent. To me, it didn't work. You know, I didn't, I didn't love it. I don't know what he was trying to, okay. you know, it was like the, 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 angel and the devil on his shoulder or something right he's, he, yeah he's trying to skirt this line between sporty and formal and yeah for one thing that baseball hat is not working for him no he's a different hat. it's like he wants to be it, you know it's like he knows like he knows what like a classy pep look is 
but secretly he wants to be Tony Pulis, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but he can't quite you know, I get all the way there. He should go full, full Pulis. Yeah, he should go He should just wear Pulis. shorts like that, that dude who just got uh, canned at Crystal Palace. <laughs> That would be great. Uh, not enough coaches wear shorts. Sadly, that's that's really you know, that's, yeah. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to see Hodgson managing in shorts. That that sounds like a lot of fun. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to look ahead to uh, do you know, like a, just a quick look ahead to game week twenty eight. Um, kind of in general. Uh, I do first though, Brandon. Want to uh, say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, the pod literally would not exist without Patreon, and so uh, thank you so much to everybody who supports the pod, and thank you to everyone who is considering and perhaps after this uh, show uh, will decide to do so. Or at the very least, not uh, cancel their uh, Patreon support brand. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, but you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast. We do an extra podcast each week. Uh, we have a Discord where people can come in and talk strategy and and do uh, plan meetups in their community. And we have kind of, I feel like we just constantly have games running, right? We have our, our second chance league is, is going. You and I are yeah. our nice kind of top third of the table doing all right not quite contenders yet but we're hanging around so uh Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens the the winner of that will get a free uh non-premier league kit courtesy of uh of me and you so um and we're also going to buy one for ourselves so we'll we'll take a photo so you can pick any kit you want twins yeah exactly the stipulation was it cannot be a premier league kit because we want to we want to get outside get outside that box a little bit i want to see like some uh some weird danish kit or something like that so um and i think for me if i if i win but i think i'm gonna go with that meow wolf kit the santa fe you know meow great wolf kit. great yeah I'm so into it. so patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the podcast and just i, I always like to note this as we get closer to the end of the season that if you um uh, you know, concerned. Well, it's kind of late in the season. Uh, we do, um, we do uh, pause um, our um, pause Patreon in in June when we're not yeah. recording pods. Um, we take a break. Uh, so when we when we're not creating content for Patreon supporters, we don't um, we don't charge Patreon supporters. We're just, like just, Ross you know, and Rachel, you know, yeah. and friends. Yeah, we go on a break. Yeah, <laughs> we're on a we were on a break. So. So anyway, all right. So that that's that. So patreon.com slash always cheats where you can go. Thank you to everyone who supports the pod. So um, Game Week 28, though, kicks off. Obviously, we talked a lot about the double. Uh, I mean, the big news, though, is that – oh, 11 – okay. Again, Brandon, what is going on with the schedule and why is there no consistency? I mean, I don't – you know, Brandon, I – I, I will. Uh-huh. I don't talk More. about this very often, but in my real life job, I am a marketing director for for a, mm-hmm. a company here in in the uh, in, in North America. You know, we'll just keep it nice and nice and vague. Uh, consistency is key, and somehow these times. Why were the matches at eight and ten thirty today, like the Eastern time? Next week we have Sunday matches at nine a.m., two at ten, and one at eleven forty-five. As far as I in, know, in they England, never started a match at eleven forty-five. In England, it's all because you know, like the local the local firefighter has to open like a yeah. pump or the, the horse drawn <laughs> buggy carrying the mail has to get through at a certain time of day. So uh, yeah. you know, the, the the cops with their their billy clubs can't show up until yes. fifteen minutes later. Yes, That's so. We have uh, what should be a, a I, I hope, I hope Salah's healthy. That's that's really the big question, right? Is is can Salah play in this match? I I, I think Liverpool would still have a, a chance without it. Liverpool just they really just can't lose this match, right? A draw is fine, uh, but just try to find a way not to. And I mean, Arsenal are still right there too, but Liverpool are obviously the team on, on top right now, and so um, the, it's um, looking at it through that lens at the moment. But if Liverpool can um, can win or hold City to a 
basically if, if Liverpool could take points from this match, it's going to be huge for the table for the rest of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, and uh, it's starting to feel, I mean, that, that late, that late goal, um, the Darwin goal was one of, what a crazy moment. There were so many things that happened at the end of that match, which made no sense. Like the weird, I don't know if you read about this or were watching any of it, the, the crazy drop ball that happened. Um, don't remember that. No. So late in the match, uh, I don't need to like get into all the details, but late in the match, there was a, um, uh, a situation where I think it was, um, uh, one of the Liverpool defenders, uh, basically had, you know, a, a head injury, right? I'm not, okay. I'm not saying that nobody has ever had a head injury. I don't mean to use. I see you doing your, your funny square coats. Well, we there, all yeah. know now yeah. that like, if somebody kicks you on the ankle, you clutch your head and fall to the ground, sure. right? This is what everybody, yeah. <laughs> this is like, because they know they'll stop the match if that yeah, happens. Yeah. They're not going to persecute a thought crime for a head injury. Yeah, exactly. So if any, if any part of your body is hit by another defender, you fall to the ground, clutching your head and fake a head sure. injury. So anyway, I'm not yeah. saying he faked or not, but this, this happens a lot. So he, uh, so they, but, but, um, Forrest were driving at the time. And so they, uh, you know, the, the, they stopped play. And then instead of, uh, Forrest getting the ball back, it was a, they did a dropped ball and, mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool, uh, recovered the drop ball. And then like a, a minute later, they scored this, this goal, the, the Darwin goal. And this is like the 97th minute of you know, 90 minutes of extra time. And so it was, uh, so anyway, it was a, it was a lot of drama from, uh, you know, from a, from a forest perspective. And then what made it even stranger was that Mark Clattenburg, former manager, Mark Clattenburg has been hired by forest to be like mm-hmm. the forest spin zone guy. And now he just goes out there after these matches and talks about how forests were screwed by the managers. <laughs> it's like the most shameless thing. And it's just like, this. so dumb. It's so dumb. And so now it's like every match, it's like, here's where things went wrong for forest from my, like my ex colleagues. Like imagine if you left, okay. imagine if you left your job and then basically your job was to like, go, go out and talk about all the things your job did poorly. Like people, your sure. job did poorly once you've left, like yeah, I'd become an agent is uh, basically <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, And, and on the one hand, on the one hand, it would be satisfying. On the other hand, it would be like really, kind of shameless and, and weird yeah. you know so anyway nice work if you can get it uh congrats to congrats Plattenberg seems like a true pos uh by the way oh, but, so yeah, i'm not just, surprised yeah but. it's just yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah so anyway uh that so it'd be a great match on on sunday i'm just gonna play all my i mean i don't have any liverpool players at the moment i won't i won't have salah barring i don't know like a sun injury or something like that um so i'm just gonna start um holland and foden probably same as you and uh and we'll see yep. what happens. But I, if they both blanked, that would be fine with me. I'm also not planning to Captain Holland. So, um, if, yeah, actually, the the vice captaincy is kind of interesting this week. I suppose my vice captain will be Saka. Uh, they play uh, Arsenal host Brentford um, yep. on Saturday. That feels like probably the most logical um, BC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Solanke and then Saka in that order, and then shooter's yeah. choice. Yeah, even if I brought in a Bournemouth defender, I think I'd still go with with Saka there. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's uh, otherwise. I'm trying to think of any other kind of interesting. Well, Villa Spurs on Sunday should be a pretty fun match. I mean, if uh, uh, you know, if Liverpool Man City is our kind of is the premier obvious match of the week, maybe. Villa Spurs is the like MFFA like uh, like that that should just be a lot of fun that match I'm looking forward to it yeah lots of stakes for uh, the fourth spot in the Champions League uh, race there too and I don't know I guess if you're Villa you're feeling pretty good going into that match they play really well at home they're in good form yeah. Spurs 
We'll uh, get something from having both Madison and Son back. Nice assist from Madison, by the way. Yep. On that oh, uh, Timo Werner goal. It was kind of like, it wasn't like behind him sort of, but it was like, was it like side mm-hmm. of the boot or something like that? Like however he did it, it was really, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, yeah. incredible arc. So yeah, I, I agree. That should be a great game. I will not want to have any defenders in yeah. that match. That'll yeah. be like finish 3-3 three, three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Wolves Fulham will probably be interesting. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm like, it's always the, the interesting matches are always the ones with zero fantasy implications. Yeah. Even Chelsea Newcastle, I guess, is uh, it, good luck calling that one from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> yeah, although I will say for a Monday match, it's a fun Monday game. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's sort of, a, I suppose, um, yeah, will we have Champions League um, next week as well? I can't, I yeah, can't Man City yeah. play midweek. Man City play host um, uh, Copenhagen Monday. Right. Or, uh, sorry, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. Arsenal play the following week, so Arsenal okay. have the midweek off. Right. But all all Premier League teams who are in Europa League or Europa Conference, so Brighton, Liverpool, Aston Villa, and West Ham all have matches on Thursday. Okay, so another like hold your transfers, be, yeah, be safe. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind if I was in a position where I honestly had an injury and was a little fo- like was kind of forced to bring in a second player just because it is fun to target these doubles. And I think it's mm-hmm. kind of it feels especially fun because uh, I'm planning to free hit in 28. So even though game week 30 will be here before we know it, it's still like I don't want to be um, I don't want to get like too you know over my skis here. I also think, by the way, I, I believe after game week 29, we go into the the final international break of the season. So um, it's kind of an even longer wait between weeks. So it really does feel like we're sort of um, the, like basically like the middle, the middle kind of block of the season concludes with game week 29, which is kind yeah, of yeah, our, our empire strikes back mm-hmm. as it were. Exactly. Uh, exactly. We're, we're, and then we get to blow up the Death Star again. Yeah, maybe, and then maybe we'll have some warmer weather here in, uh, in the north as well. So <laughs> sure. today we finally got some in New York, thankfully. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it. Do we have a um, do we have like a you know a, a, our MFFA like dog of the week brought to you by the hit movie Strays, Brandon? Uh, is there anyone anyone come come to mind? For oh you? yeah, let's see. Let's 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 just consider who the uh, XGI award goes to. If mm-hmm. I'm looking at the fixtures, oh, X dog in him. Who does have that X dog in him? I'm kind of I'm gravitating towards either a West Ham player or a Manchester United player for mm. some strange reason. Okay. Um I can't <laughs> I can't in good conscience give the XGI to any Manchester United player. No. No. So let's go ahead and say Gerard Bowen is going to have the XGI J-Rod. home hosting Burnley like even it. after coming off of a Europa League hangover on Thursday. Okay. And I'm going to go with uh with Frankie's son, uh my my new favorite player in the Premier League. I think mm-hmm. I think Mooney's uh gets a gets a goal away to Wolves and Great. keeps that run going and then uh we all get to bring him in on a free hit in game week 29 which i think will also be a lot of fun i will Mooney's will almost certainly be one of my three player or one of my three forwards in, in 29 
Awesome. Just take, let's all take our opportunity, the one opportunity that the Lord <laughs> gave us. To have well, him. I mean, honestly, if he keeps scoring a goal a match, like we're all going <laughs> to just own him in, in general, too. So, um, all right. Well, that is, uh, that's your pod. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, thanks to everyone who joined us on the, on the, on the uh, stream today. Uh, and uh, yeah, and once again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, thank you to all of our new and, uh, uh, re- returning and all, all patrons of every uh, every tier, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Sure. Big shout out to producers Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Bobas Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Janos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wild Mings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie. Vulgar, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislov, Noah and Louise, Travis Grant, Linus Venerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Fred Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, Lolly, Ben Coombs, Eric Kite, Gareth H., Rune Sandberg, and Brian Clark. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, you can always watch us uh, back on YouTube, see our teams, see our faces, uh, go to the live section of our YouTube channel at yeah. Always Cheating. Uh, you can pick up the audio version there yeah, as well. Us Follow us wherever you get your social both media. Flat brim hats today. That's a big. Uh, you know, yeah, stylish. yeah. Check out our hat game yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> Give us a thumbs up <laughs> yeah. if you like hats. Um, that's great. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, loving, like, loving, like loving us doing the YouTube yeah. lives here now too. So check us out. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with Patreon Pod. We'll also be back on Sunday with another, uh, with a with a free hit pod. Uh, which I mean, we'll, we'll I guess we'll talk about everything. But um, uh, you and I will both be uh, free hits will be active, and so that'll be a fun conversation. So uh, we'll see you in a week. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.